Hey guys, welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We are two girls talking about sports because our opinion counts too. I'm your host, Meredith Hine, and I'm thrilled as always to be joined today by my co-host, Megan Hesslein. Hey Meredith, super happy to be here today. Happy to have you. Um, so a lot has happened during the past week in the sports world, including obviously the Olympics. And if you can't tell, Megan and I love the Olympics. Um, a lot of history was made during the first week that we talked about uh, previously on the show, but there was still a lot of big and some shocking moments uh, this week. So Megan, why don't you start us off with the biggest upset perhaps of the entire games? Yeah, so the U.S. women's national team actually lost to Canada, so that loses their chance at getting a gold medal during this year's games. Um, They barely beat the Netherlands in their previous match. They had to go to PKs, and they ended up winning. But they lost to Canada for the first time in 20 years. So I really thought we were going to go in and, you know, get an easy win, but nope. The U.S. women's national team just hasn't been looking like themselves just not playing with the same intensity, same aggression, just something's off. So they'll be playing for a bronze medal. So hopefully they can bring home that for America. Yeah. And, you know, it, I think it speaks to the volume of what this team has accomplished that a bronze medal feels like something of a letdown. Oh, for sure. I mean, we just expected an automatic gold medal every year. So we're a bit spoiled, but I mean, a bronze medal is still nice, you know, an Olympic medal. I'll take it. Yeah, right. Um, On a related note, well, in terms of Canada, uh, a former Ohio State player actually plays for the Canadian national team, Nichelle Prince, um, which is, you know, if we, as upset as we are about the U.S. women's national team losing, at least we can continue to cheer for a Buckeye who is on the Canadian team. Right. We can root for her success, just not for the team's success when they play <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say uh, the Netherlands game, you know, as as sad as the loss to Canada was, it was extremely thrilling to be able to watch uh, not only Megan Rapino score our game winners, but also uh, the American goalie whose Wikipedia page was renamed as the Secretary of Defense. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> That's so funny. I mean, she did amazing. She really did save that game for us. I mean, obviously on offense, um, Rapino literally made the game winner, but man, she did a great job stopping all those goals. Yeah. Well, we have to keep the good memories because again, we are not playing for gold now. Um, but <laughs> moving away from the soccer pitch and over to gymnastics, uh, lots of stories in the last week. So obviously the U.S. women took the silver uh, in the team event, but we've had quite the host of individual champions on the U.S. women's side, most notably uh, and recently Simone Biles winning bronze on the beam, Suni Lee winning gold in the all around, uh, Jade Carey taking gold on the floor exercise and Michaela Skinner earning silver on the vaults. Yeah, it's just super impressive what these girls have done. You know, they've really kind of rallied around Simone Biles with her being there. We might have thought, oh, she was it. Like, we're not going to do well without her. But obviously, we're doing fine. I mean, Suni Lee winning the gold in the all-around was just 
unbelievable. And I was so happy for her. She really stepped in in Simone's absence and so did the rest of the girls. So it's great to see that they're bringing home some medals for the U.S. as well. Yeah, um, I will. I do have to admit that I'm quite sad that gymnastics is officially over. It was the best part of the games so far. Oh, it's the best. I feel like everyone loves gymnastics. I feel like that's everyone's favorite because it's just so like, I can't do that. So let's just watch these little mini superhumans do it. Yeah, it's like otherworldly impressive. Like we've all swum before, swam. We've been in, we've, we've been in pools and (laughs) made movement before. I don't know. Um, but we've like probably all been on a track before, but like, I've never ever done like a backhand spurring and I feel like I would be super impressed if I could do a cartwheel right now. Oh, for sure. I know I can't do a cartwheel, let alone do it on a vault and then flip over like five times. So these girls are just crazy. Unbelievable talent. I've been working for a year on a handstand and like, I'm almost there. And so, okay. I so I feel like so I have team better watch out for you. <laughs> That's what you're saying. <laughs> oh, well, if I continue at this rate, I might be ready by like the year 2100. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, but all the more respect to all the things that these athletes are able to accomplish. Uh, again, kudos to Simone Biles for um, you know, being an amazing athlete and role model and cheerleader for her team and closing it out with her seventh medal in the Olympics. Yeah, this is only her second Olympic Games, which I didn't know. I feel like she's been around forever, but this is only her second Olympics and she's already racked up that many medals. Like she's insane. She's the goat. She for sure is. And what's so interesting is, I guess I didn't realize, uh, you know, as you're watching some of the other individual events, there are, I don't want to say older, I, because when you say 30 is old, it's sad. Uh, <laughs> but there are more some, experience. Yes, more experienced on their third or fourth or fifth Olympic Games um, who are still competing for medals. And so, you know, the possibility of seeing Simone back in Paris in 2024, like, Obviously, it's it's her decision. It's her body. Like it's her choice of what she uh, is feeling like she wants to do. Um, but maybe she will break that record uh, of seven medals. Yeah, I definitely think it's possible. I mean, what is she? Twenty four, I believe. Yeah. So yeah, she's still fairly young. I mean, a little bit older in gymnast years, but. I'm sure she could do it if she wanted to, but either way, if she retired now, she's still the greatest to ever do it. So I'm excited to see what happens with that. Yeah. And even if we don't see Simone in 2024, uh, someone that I'm certainly hoping we do see is more of Suni Lee. Um, she is 18. Uh, you know, she will be younger, obviously, than Simone Biles is now and 2024 rolls around. Um, and per- we could potentially see a passing of the torch similar to what we saw with Gabby Douglas to Simone Biles, perhaps from Simone to SUNY. Yeah, that would be awesome. I definitely think that could happen, but if that doesn't happen after this Olympics, then for sure in Paris. So excited to see both of them compete in the future. Absolutely. Um, And just to tie a nice bow around it, I think all of these Women are just incredible. What amazing stories we got to experience in the last couple of weeks through all of them. Um, and kudos for all of their team and individual accomplishments. Um, so moving uh, 
over to the track. Uh, we had some excitement last night. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, and so on Tuesday night, we had the women's 400 meter hurdles uh, and lots of excitement because Sydney McLaughlin broke her own world record to win the gold in that event at 21 years old. Um, the second place finisher who was the only person close to McLaughlin, uh, Delilah Mohammed, uh, her teammate from the USA, uh, took home the silver. So just incredible to see how far these two women were ahead of the rest of the field. Yeah. So McLaughlin actually broke Muhammad's world record in the trials and then McLaughlin broke her own record in the finals in the Olympics. So she's just crazy at 21 years old. I'm sure she'll get a ton more medals in the years to come. Yeah. And we are all looking forward to seeing that. And just to plug uh, for Delilah Muhammad, she overcame COVID this year. She overcame a series of injuries uh, to get back to being in this peak form and able to earn a second place finish in the Olympics. Um, so great stories again, all around. It's why we watch the Olympics. Um, and speaking of uh, Allison Felix in her fifth Olympic Games, uh, booked a trip to the 400-meter finals to compete for a gold medal this week. Yeah, she's also one of the greatest Olympians, I think, of all time. She's currently tied for the most career Olympic medals by a female track athlete. So if she wins gold in the 400 meters, which I feel pretty confident about, then she will have the most career Olympic medals by a female track athlete. So she's just crazy. And another great story, what you're talking about, you know, she had a baby and she's just coming back from that and she's already booked herself a trip to win a gold medal. So, you know, that's kind of cool, I guess. It's incredible. And I don't know about you, but all of the commercials with Allison Felix and her daughter are giving me so many feels. Oh my gosh. They're so cute together. I love it. Um, kudos to Allison and to all of the track athletes. Um, because it's the Olympics, we literally have such a diversity of sports because we're going to move on to weightlifting and wrestling. Uh, Megan, we had some exciting news there. Yeah. So we're actually talking about two women. Uh, Sarah Robles made history on Monday when she became the first U.S. woman to win two Olympic weightlifting medals. Uh, she took home a bronze medal. So that's just crazy. And then Tamira Mensa Stock became the first black U.S. women's wrestler to win an Olympic gold. And her interview after she won was just the best thing ever. I don't know if you saw it, but she's crying the whole time. She was so happy. She's so proud of herself. And now she knows that she's a role model for a lot of young black girls in this country to show that if you set your mind to it, you can do it. So I'm just so proud of her and I love her story. Yeah. And just to read a quote direct from uh, Tamara, she said, these young women are going to see themselves in a number of ways and they're going to look up there and go, I can do that. I can see myself. Um, so if you didn't just get chills, I don't know. I got chills. So <laughs> yes, love her and her story. Yeah. Um, so moving over to the basketball court, uh, <laughs> as we talked about last week, the U.S. men's team got off to quite the slow start. Um, they seem to be back on track because they are playing Australia Thursday, uh, assuming all goes well, uh, which is not guaranteed because they did lose to Australia in the exhibition round. Um, they would advance to the gold medal game. 
Yeah, so we've actually lost Australia the past three times we've played them. So like you said, definitely not guaranteed, but they have improved uh, since the exhibition games and their first game in the Olympics. You know, I think Kevin Durant has really been the difference maker. He's just totally taken charge of the offense. He actually has the most points scored in Olympic history for uh, the U.S. men's basketball team. So he's really great when it comes to the Olympics. He just really steps up and uh, the team just really meshed now. You know, I think they're just playing better all around. So we'll see what happens when they play Australia. That'll be a good game. Definitely. And the U.S. men's team uh, will be with uh, Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday, who were all participating in the NBA finals uh, previously when the U.S. played Australia during the exhibition round. Um, And so they have had a chance to, as you said, mesh with the team, uh, figure things out a little bit. So hopefully this is a different team uh, that faces Australia than what we saw before. Um, but moving over, frankly, to the more successful U.S. basketball team in the Olympics, uh, the U.S. women's team is going for its seventh straight gold medal. Seven. Yeah, that that win streak is just crazy. It dates back to the bronze medal game of the 1992 Olympics in Barcelona. So they're now at a 53 game win streak. They just routed Australia. Uh, 79 to 55 and now they play Serbia in the semifinals on Friday so like you said assuming that goes well they'll be playing for gold and right now they're on track I mean it it seems pretty I think it's gonna happen I mean they're just playing amazing all of them are Brianna Stewart just went off in the game yesterday so did Brittany Griner I mean honestly all of them they're just playing amazing yep uh we could talk about the Olympics literally all day. Um, However, there are a lot of other events happening in sports here in America. We're going to get to some of those after the break. So stay with us. Welcome back. This past Friday was the MLB trade deadline, and there were a lot of big moves throughout Major League Baseball. Megan, why don't you catch us up? Yeah, so this year's trade deadline was probably one of the most exciting trade deadlines in the past few years. There is a ton of big moves. And probably the biggest of them all was the Nats trading Max Scherzer and Trey Turner to the Dodgers. And the Dodgers are already one of the best teams in baseball. And now you have Clayton Kershaw and Max Scherzer in the same lineup. Throw Trey Turner in there. They got Mookie Betts. They're definitely a World Series contender. And then we got Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo to my Yankees, which I'm super happy about. Uh, Big lefty bats, which was definitely needed. We got the short porch in right field. So hopefully they'll be racking up some home runs too. And then lastly, the Cubs are just falling apart. Just traded away their whole team. They traded to the Giants. It's a total disaster. I feel so bad if you're a Cubs fan. But Chris Bryant is now a Giant. Javier Baez is now a Met. The Giants were already one of the best teams in baseball as well. And now you add a player of the caliber that Chris Bryant has. That's just watch out. They're definitely going to be in the World Series. And then we got Javi Baez and Frankie Lindor in the middle infield for the Mets. And I mean, it can't get worse. I mean, you're obviously only going to get better if you add Baez. So all around, these teams got better. They're already good, but now they're even better with all these players. So definitely an exciting time in baseball. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the less exciting thing is I am going to the Cubs game this weekend and won't have 
a lot of folks to watch, but you know, I don't not, even know. I don't I usually go there for the baseball. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Well, just enjoy some hot dogs. I mean, have a good time. Yeah. Not let the game though. <laughs> well, <it's> funny. <laughs> I, I said to my husband, I was like, well, you know, at this point, pretty much everyone living in Wrigleyville is going to have to trade in their jerseys. Cause that's bias is the only Jersey that you see around nowadays. Well, as of a week ago. Yeah, it's going to be a depressing, a long, depressing future for the Cubs. I don't know when they're going to get better. At least I got the World Series a couple years ago. So just focus on that. Oh, yeah, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, you know, moving to other professional sports, the NBA draft was this past Thursday. Literally nothing surprising. No big shockers uh, in terms of our lottery picks, et cetera. but the biggest storyline of the day was that Russell Westbrook is going to the Lakers. Yeah, this is very interesting because obviously Russ is a great player. The Lakers are great. They already got LeBron and Anthony Davis. But whatever team Russ is a part of, they don't win. Because when he was a member of the Thunder, he had Katie and James Harden. They didn't win. He didn't win this year. I mean, obviously, he's a great player. He averages double-doubles, triple-doubles all the time, but I don't know. Is he kind of like a kryptonite? Is he going to be good with the Lakers, or is he going to ruin their chances at another championship? I don't know. I don't know. You might be onto something there Um, because you're right. And, you know, going back to the Oklahoma City team, like everyone on that team was so young. The Kevin Durant that we saw then was great, but he was raw because he was – a child. Um, and James Harden was, you know, also very young at the time. And Russell Westbrook was, you know, pretty fresh as well. Uh, so it's not the star talent and the potential were there, but maybe not the developed ability and the championship caliber that we see. Um, but yeah, I mean, if ever Westbrook had a chance to win a championship, it's when he's going to be playing alongside LeBron who, of anyone in the NBA knows how to win championships. Oh, for sure. If he won a championship for the Cavs, then I'm sure he can do it alongside AD and Westbrook. Is that an insult to the Cavs? If he could do it in Cleveland, he can do it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm a Knicks fan. So, I mean, we're all on the struggle bus, but I mean, come on, you know, I'm right. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Anyway. We don't have to get into it too much, Uh, but we did have some other exciting free agency signings. Uh, Megan, I'm curious how you feel about these. Chris Paul re-signing with the Suns, uh, which I love. Uh, Tamar DeRozan and Lonzo Ball both going to the Bulls, which, you know, shout out to Chicago is going to, you know, maybe make them slightly less irrelevant. Um, And Kyle Lowry going to the Heat. Yeah, these are all huge moves. Um, like you, I am super happy that Chris Paul resigned with the Suns. I love the duo of him and Devin Booker. I think they definitely have a chance of getting that ring for him. I hope they do. Uh, DeMar DeRozan and Lonzo to the Bulls, I think, is great for Chicago. You know, like you said, they have been irrelevant, honestly, ever since MJ retired. So hopefully that'll boost their team. And then Kyle Lowry to the Heat, I think, is huge. You know, the Heat... They're in the finals last year. So, I mean, with the addition of Lowry, how can you go wrong? That'll help out Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler. So I'm excited to see what he can do to help this team this season. Oh, for sure. Um, we, 
We obviously saved the best for last on the show today because we had a huge storyline coming out of Ohio State football, and that is that the top quarterback in the 2022 recruiting class, Quinn Ewers, is skipping his senior season and will play for the Buckeyes this fall. Uh, He has been officially reclassified to the 2021 recruiting class because uh, of his foregoing the senior season. Um, But in theory, we could see him on the field in the 2021 season. Megan, what are your thoughts? So personally, I'm not a huge fan of this. I mean, it's literally three weeks, three or four weeks until the first game of the season. And he's just now joining the team. Um, You know, he might redshirt this year. I bet he probably will. But he just hasn't been with the team at all. He hasn't practiced with them at all. So I just don't see how he could get the starting job. I mean, I I don't know who's going to get the starting job already. That quarterback room is full of talent. So I feel bad for Ryan Day because that's a tough decision. But I just wouldn't want to miss my senior year of high school, personally. But he's also, you know, trying to get that money. So I can respect that. But I don't know. So it's definitely different. It's something new that you haven't really seen ever since the NIL laws were passed. Yeah. And that's another key point is his motivation, as he stated, uh, is due to his inability as a high school senior to get any money for his name, image and likeness. Uh, And that motivated him to enroll early at Ohio State. Um, Obviously, you know, Megan and I are not in that position. Uh, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it would be pretty sick. Uh, but you do have to wonder if we will be seeing more cases like this of folks trying to reclass, uh, opting to perhaps go to different schools as a result of that, um, in different States. Uh, Texas obviously has rules that are different from other States. Um, and so will that potentially change recruiting landscapes or provide additional motivation uh, for student athletes remains to be seen. Yeah, that'll definitely be a huge storyline in the upcoming years and just how NIL in general will affect players and their seasons. So this is the first of many stories to come, I feel like. Definitely. Um Well, I think that's it, Megan. Uh, Before we wrap up the show for today, shall we do our shout outs? Yes. So I want to shout out Tom Daly and his knitting skills. Uh, He's an Olympic diver, just won his first gold medal this year. He's previously medaled in the other Olympics, but uh, you can see him in the stands knitting a little case for his medal because he doesn't want it to get damaged, of course. And he said that the knitting has helped uh, his mental health, you know, keep him sane, keep him calm during these crazy times. So I just love him. You know, a man who can knit and win a gold medal in diving. Love him. I love everything about this. Uh, When I saw you wrote it, I looked it up on Instagram and it is as wonderful as you can imagine. (laughs) Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Nastia Lukin. Um, Obviously, she's an incredible gymnast in her own right. Uh, absolutely have loved her coverage of the women's gymnastics throughout the Olympics. Um, she's provided such keen insight that, you know, we as lay people who, again, take a year to learn how to do handstands uh, could never understand. Um, but in particular, I want to shout out her coverage of Simone Biles um, and helping folks to understand exactly, you know, what she was going through. And I just want to read a quote that, She said uh, in the broadcast, she said the amount of pressure she has on her shoulders, 
not just her teammates, but the entire nation, but not just the entire nation, but the entire world is expecting for her to be the best, just like she always is. And that's a lot. Um, and so, you know, her ability to, as someone who has been there, provide that perspective, um, and really grounding for this TV audience, uh, I think was really great. So just wanted to applaud her. Yeah, I totally agree. And it is really nice to hear someone as talented as her, uh, come out and support Simone Biles because obviously she knows what she's going through. So she's done a great job covering this whole Olympics, but I totally agree that I love her support for Simone. All right, that's all we have for today. As a reminder, you can follow Megan at Megan Hessline, me at Meredith Hine, and the site at LandGrant33. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl. And as always, go Bucks.